0: Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful blessed day. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Happy New Year to you, everyone who is listening to this, either live or by recording. So if you're listening to it in July, Happy New Year is going to hit you sort of weird, but we are doing this live uh, right after the first of the year. So that's why we're saying it. And uh, welcome. We are so honored every single week, every single episode you listen to, if you listen to it on a podcast. Uh, we know there's lots of ways you could use your time, and we are honored that you would spend a little bit of it with us. Uh, we started these programs, uh, best I can tell, about 14 years ago. Uh, we've never done the same one twice. We've we played a replay a few times when I was out of the country or something like that, but we've never done the same one twice in 14 years. And we started it to... Um, Where it came from is we were wanting to do something that had nothing to do with money. That was 100% just to help. And that's where it came from. And so we want to give you a little something to challenge you each week. A little something to chew on and think about that maybe you haven't quite thought about it that way before. A little something to practically apply in your week to make it a little bit better. And every once in a while maybe... uh, long-term better, your life better, and so let us know how we're doing with that. We, uh, we're wide open to making changes, and then uh, the last part is to give you these uh, custom-guided codes and custom-guided trilogies to really take your healing experience from a mechanical place. The spiritual laws are, are from a different angle, but they're for healing purposes as well, but from a mechanical place um, to help heal these issues as well. Okay, the spiritual law for... Oh, oh let me give you a couple of uh, things to be looking for. We are about to start for the first time, and I'm so excited about it. I think Johanna's probably excited too. The Custom Guided Trilogies. Um, The codes that Johanna gives you are custom, but they are not custom guided. Custom guided are done to exhaustion, and they may be 10 minutes long, they may be 15 minutes long, they may be 20 minutes long, and they are far more powerful than either just the general codes or processes, or even the custom, like Johanna gives you on, on this event and we do it that way on this event because of time. If we gave everyone a custom guided, it'd get really boring to everybody else and she'd only probably be able to do one person, maybe two at the most. So, But anyway, those events are about to start, so keep your eye open for that. Uh, the custom guided trilogies, you'll receive an email about it. And also, another thing we're going to be starting up is you're going to start receiving in kind of a newsletter form every week, if you're on our list, another one of these spiritual laws, not the one we do on the program, but a different one in writing, and it will include a postulate about that same spiritual law from my son Harry. Harry is a, uh, he was an English major, he's a writer, and Harry has been given a gift by God to encapsulate something into just a very few sentences that takes me (laughs) pages and pages to describe. And um, I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, We've had uh, top five in the world publishers look at his stuff and uh, be amazed that it was written by someone 25 years old. My publisher in Germany, which is the largest publisher in Europe, uh, the uh, the gentleman is about who's the head of that is about oh 75, 80 years old. And when he first read some of Harry's writing, uh, he said. I may not have ever met a writer who could have written this and was really blown away. So be looking each week for a free newsletter if you're on our list with another spiritual law and with a postulate by Harry, which is a sentence to a paragraph about the same spiritual law. So both of those are going to be new, uh, starting up very, very soon. Okay, the spiritual law for this week uh, actually came from Harry. We were He and I were talking, and he said this, and as soon as he said it, it really struck me, and I wrote it down and started doing research and developed it for this program with his permission, and here it is. There's nothing so addictive as self-destruction. Now have you ever in your life thought about it that way? I hadn't. There is nothing so addictive as self-destruction. Most people have heard of Einstein's uh, definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Okay. Well, to me, that's self-destruction. Uh, thousands of years ago, the Apostle Paul said it a different way. And when, when I really read and understood this in my 20s, it totally changed my life. And here's what, here's what Paul said about himself. I do not understand what I do. You ever felt that way about yourself? I sure have. Still do sometimes. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So he's living by a law that is putting him in turmoil, As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Now, don't get caught up on that word sin. This is not a religious thing. I run from religion. That word sin really means missing the mark. That's what it truly means in the original language, missing the mark. So he's just saying again, it's, it's... it's not doing what I want to do and doing what I don't want to do. It's, that's living in me, but it's not me. It's in him like a splinter, but it's not him. And he goes on, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature, that part of him that keeps doing what he doesn't want to do and not doing what he does want to do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And then he says again, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. All right. The reason that struck me so much in my 20s is it exactly described me. And Paul is talking about himself. Okay? And... And if you read on into what Paul teaches, he's saying if this is your experience, it's okay, it's all right. You 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 don't have to define yourself by that. And and I don't think he did either. All right. Um, but anyway, that sounds very much, doesn't it, like self-destruction. I don't. I don't. I don't do what I know I should do and what I really want to do because I know it's what's best for me and best for my family, best for my health. But I don't do that. I do the thing I don't want to do, which is destructive for me, destructive for my family, destructive for my health, okay? Everyone I have ever met in my life and really got into a deep discussion with, everyone I have ever counseled, has agreed that this same phenomenon lives in them and their life. Okay? Well, how about you? You ever struggle with that, past or present? Not being able to do what you want to do? I remember um, uh, early in my early 20s, when I got out of, uh, of, of school... Actually, I think I was still in school. I went and took my insurance test and started selling insurance, okay? Those of you who've ever done that know, uh, boy, that's a, that's a difficult way to make a living. But it's not, it's not complicated. It's really very simple, and they told me how to do it when they were training me. They said, you make 10 calls every day, okay? Okay? And out of those 10, on average, long-term, you'll get one person out of 10 who says yes and buys the insurance policy from you. Well, that sounds pretty good. But the bad part is that means 9 out of 10 are going to say no or, to make it a little more real, they're going to reject me. Because that's what you feel when someone says no, is you feel rejection. And I certainly did. And I could not, I started out pretty good, but I could not sustain that. The rejection was too much. I couldn't get myself to do what I knew I needed to do to be successful, which is really what I wanted to do, and the reason that I had gone through all that training and taking the test and investing some money and stuff like that. But I just, no matter how hard I tried, could not get myself to do it. Okay? Also, I've had several things in my life that I had great difficulty getting myself not to do it, even though I knew it wasn't good for me and it wasn't what I really wanted to do long term, because it was not good for me. I was working against myself. Things like uh, uh, diet and exercise, things like uh, sexual things, pornography. Uh, I really struggled with that all my life up until my, oh, mid to late 20s, okay? Huge, negative part of my life, all right, that almost ruined my life at, at one point. And a number of other things, just, just habits and addictions and, and all that sort of thing. Well, those are all self-destructive. Well, if that's not what I want to do with my life, why do I keep doing it? Alright? What's the reason? And, and Paul started with that. I do not understand what I do. Okay? Well, let me try to shed a little bit of light, give you maybe a little bit of understanding as to why you might be living by the definition of insanity or Paul's definition of self-destruction. First of all, don't beat yourself up. It's common to Paul. It's common to me. It's common to almost every person I've ever known in my life. So don't beat yourself up over it. It is not you. It is in you like a splinter is you. And you would never identify a splinter as being you. Alright, so let's take a look at this. The issue is pain. Okay? The issue is pain. The pain industry in the United States alone yearly is $635 billion. It dwarfs cancer. Cancer is about $100 billion worldwide per year. It dwarfs heart disease. Heart disease is about 400 billion worldwide every year. Pain is 635 billion United States alone. It is equal to the gross national product of the United States a few decades ago. It it is the biggest industry I can find in any of these areas that pertain to what we talk about and deal with. Uh, Psychology, health, um, spirituality, that sort of thing. Okay, The biggest industry I can find. Pain demands a response every time. It doesn't ask nicely. It's not an option. Pain demands a response if you have chosen to live... By seek pleasure and avoid pain, which is how 9 people out of 10, maybe even 98 or 99 out of 100, naturally choose to live. It, it, we're supposed to live that way the first few years of life, and we have protections the first few years of life from the stress of that, okay? The first uh, 6, 8, 10, it varies with different people, years of life, we're supposed to live and seek pleasure, avoid pain. And it's the only time in your life that you are. once. But, those first few years of life, we are in Delta Theta brainwave state. And we're never in Delta Theta brain... We, we never live in Delta Theta brainwave state the rest of our lives. Only those first few years. Well, Delta Theta is a non-stress, relaxed brain state. So we are built... To have protection from stress that we never have the rest of our life, those first few years of life, because that's where we live and are supposed to. Because we cannot filter, we cannot think rationally, logically, at least not to the degree that we need to. Once we get to that place in life, which is a little bit different for everybody, we are supposed to quit living by pain-pleasure exclusively, choose that, and choose to start living by what is right, what is best, what is true, what is love-based in the present moment, okay? Seek pleasure and avoid pain is almost totally focused on the end result, not the present moment. And that's why Dr. Gilbert at Harvard said that those expectations, seek pleasure, avoid pain, about end results in your life, getting what you want, it's a happiness killer because it puts you into chronic stress or spikes your stress, okay? So we are built for not living in self-destruction, but the only way we can do that is if we choose, and, it's, and it's a, it is an event choice, meaning we get to a place in our life where we almost kind of make a vow. Okay? Okay. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to start living by what I believe is right and true and best for everyone, win-win-win, and love-based in the present moment. But then it's a daily choice after that because it's a constant battle because your most hardwired basic programming is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And it, it's, it's literally hotwired to your immune system and survival systems. And you, you can't get rid of it. You have it your whole life. But we are supposed to daily choose to live from a love-based place rather than a fear-based place. And, and seek pleasure and avoid pain, once we are 6, 8, 10 years old or so, is a fear-based decision. We're afraid we won't get the end result we want. Or, to put it another way, we are afraid of pain. The pain, uh, emotional pain... Career, success, failure, pain, relational pain, physical pain, any of them, all of them. We're afraid of pain and so we choose to control everything as best we can to try to get the end result that we want and not get the end result that we don't want. Okay, here's the problem. It won't work. It never works. It, based on the principles of nature and spirituality, can't work. Why? Because the instant you choose to live there, as they found at Harvard, it puts you into chronic stress. Well, stress automatically gives you negative thoughts. Negative emotions, negative feelings, negative beliefs, negative actions and behaviors. Based on the latest research, your memories, which is your programming, has so many lies and errors in it, it would be more accurate to call it illusions than memories. So, you're making these decisions based on faulty data. Okay? If we are in pain... We will focus on that until the pain is gone. If the pain doesn't go away, our tendency will be to focus on it from then on. And maybe, maybe find some ways to cope, to live some semblance of a life in spite of the pain. I had a, I had a client who was an addict. Had been for a long time. And I was talking to him about these issues and said, okay, um, why do you think you keep doing this? Because he wanted to quit, had tried over and over and over to quit, you know. Why do you think you keep doing this? His answer was, was very profound to me. He said, I like the feeling of not feeling. Now, his pain was not physical. It was relational, emotional spiritual, kind of everything but physical. But I like the feeling of not feeling because what he was feeling was constantly painful. If you are not in pain, you will tend to focus on pleasure. But there is overlap. Sometimes we use pleasure to try to distract us from pain. Sometimes we use pain to try to distract us from pain. That's what cutters are about, okay? They cut themselves which is extremely painful, but it, it is so painful that it takes their focus off the other pain which is the one that's really killing them in their life, okay? So, if you're in pain, you'll tend to focus on that. If you're not, you'll tend to focus on pleasure And this creates a self-perpetuating cycle. It's kind of a spiritual, mental, psychological, perpetual motion. Okay? It feeds itself. And it tends to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Okay? Among addicts, one pill leads to two pills. Two pills a day lead to three pills a day. Alright, one drink a day leads to two drinks a day, which leads to four drinks a day. It, it, it's a self-perpetuating cycle that keeps getting worse and snowballing. Or, it goes from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. This, this pleasure didn't work anymore, so now I need a new pleasure. This pain relief didn't work, so I'm going to try another pain relief. And so we become obsessed, and so much of our time and energy becomes about feeding that self-perpetuating cycle of pain and pleasure that we miss life. And there is a positive self-perpetuating cycle as well, and that's love. And if you know anything about me, if you've heard me speak much at all or read read any of my books, you know that our very brain and nervous system are pre-programmed for fear and love. So that choice you make overall for your life and then after that, every single day again, your brain and nervous system, depending on what you choose, start pushing buttons. They push the button of stress, fight or flight, cortisol, adrenaline, shutting down your immune system, giving you negative thoughts and feelings, actions, behaviors, or they press the buttons of oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, positive thoughts, positive feelings, positive actions, all based on your choice overall and every day after that. One of my favorite preachers used to say about willpower, about the only thing I can do is choose who or what's going to get me. Something's going to get me. Either God or, or evil, either positive or negative, either love or fear, something's going to get me. About the only thing I'm powerful enough to choose is which thing is going to get me. And I believe that's true. I don't have the willpower. According to Dr. Lipton at Stanford, the odds of me trying to do that through my willpower alone are like a million to one. Okay? But I can choose, and I always have the right to choose. Whether I'm 12, 30, 50, or 90, which thing's going to get me? Now, you you may be so programmed with fear that you've got to do some work before you feel like you can choose because you've been choosing fear so long that you've got so much of it in your heart and mind. All right, and I've, I've, that's kind of what we do is help people who are in that place get to where they can choose love again and how to start doing that. For some of you, you can choose now, but, it, but, but you keep choosing the wrong thing. Well, don't beat yourself up. Paul did that. I did that. About everybody I've ever known did that, okay? The good news is that does not define who you are. Never, 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 ever. Do do not ever identify with that stuff as being who you are. You get to choose who you are by choosing which thing is going to get you. Love, fear, God, evil, yin-yang, okay, there's opposite sides of everything. I can use a baseball bat to make wonderful memories with my son in the backyard, or I can use a baseball bat to club somebody over the head and steal their wallet. It's not what it is, it's not the thing, it's which spirit you allow to blow through it, love or fear. So, my question, where are you today as you pray and meditate this week, this new year, Where are you? Are you living in seek pleasure, avoid pain? Or are you living in love? How do you know? Well, your body will tell you, your mind will tell you. Do you think positive? Do you think negative? Do you do positive? Do you do negative? Do you feel positive? Do you feel negative? And probably the easiest one I've found is if you experience anything in the anger family. Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness. Just, just Google all emotions in the anger family. I did that the other day just to confirm it was still there. And there was about a hundred of them. Okay? All of those come from fear. Fear of not getting the end result you want and fear of pain and lack of pleasure is painful so fear of pain all right there's a reason the biggest industry in this entire area that we're talking about of the human condition there's a reason that six hundred and thirty five billion dollars a year in the US is spent on it more more way more nothing else is even close because if you choose to live the path of pain, pleasure, the path of fear, you will get more pain, less pleasure, and more and more fear. If you give up the end, it's a paradoxical truth, if you give up the end result, choose to live in love in the present moment, whether it means more pain or less, more pleasure or less, you will have your pain go way down, your pleasure go way up, and you'll start living the life that you were meant to live and the life you truly want that is the best life for you. And it's the only way I know you can. It's not by achievement. It's not by how much money you earn. It's not by... It's, It's that daily choice of love or fear. But, If you need to clean, if you need to sweep up the floor of your heart before you can choose that, maybe, use trilogy, use memory engineering. They come at the same issue from totally different, but uh, in harmony and magnifying ways. And then commit overall and every single day. All right, I'm choosing who or what's going to get me today. Because one of them is going to get you. And if you just leave it to the default, it'll be fear and pain.